All right, everybody, good morning. morning. How are you today? Good. I'm, I'm glad that you are here with us. So if you are a guest with us, my name is Trent, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic, and I just want to welcome you to our church family. I'm glad that you've joined us today. Actually, today we are going to be wrapping up a series that we've been in over the past six weeks, and this series has been called Purpose. And so in this series, we've been trying to explore together what are the purposes that God has for us? Why do we exist? What are we supposed to be doing with our lives? What are we supposed to be doing with the time that we've been given on planet Earth? And the foundational truth that we learned in this series is that we were created by God and for God. So since we've been created by God and for God, God is the one that we need to turn to when it comes to questions about purpose. And all of us have questions about purpose. All of us at some point in our lives, we wonder, why am I here? And what am I supposed to be doing? And so instead of turning to a lot of other sources to get those answers, God wants us to turn to him to understand why he created us and what he wants us to do with our lives. So if you have not been with us in this series, let me just recap the purposes that we've gone over so far. So the first thing that God wants us to do is to just let him love us. The very first thing that God wants you to do is not to do something for him. The first thing God wants for you is to receive something from him. God made you to love you. So God just wants you to let him love you. Then the second thing that we learned about is God wants us to belong to his family. And we talked about this adoption process in that week when we talked about that. God wants to adopt all of us into his family because his family will last forever. And he wants everyone to be a part of his family. And then the third purpose that God has for us is to become more like Jesus. And we talked about the difficulty in that because we're not a whole lot like Jesus. And Jesus came and modeled for us how we should live. And so God says, listen, if you're a Christ follower, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you're part of God's family, then God's goal for you is to become more like Jesus. And we read 1 John 2, 6, it says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So that's the goal that God has for all of us. Our fourth purpose that we learned about last week is to serve others the way that Jesus has served us. And then we watched last week that as Jesus and his disciples were at this dinner party and there was no foot washing servant there, a custom in Jesus' day. And so Jesus got up, the Messiah, the the one who was leading his disciples, got up to wash his disciples' feet. And he modeled for them how he wanted them to live. And he said to them, listen, I've given you an example to follow. So I want you to do for others what I have done for you. So that's what God's asking all of us to do is learn how to serve. And it it shouldn't be a, uh, I want to serve when I want to serve kind of thing. And I talked to you about my struggles with serving last week. And what God wants for us is for serving to be a lifestyle thing where God says, listen, I want you, if you're one of my followers, I want you to be the first one to see a need and step in the direction of meeting that need. I want you to be the first one that puts a serving towel over your arm and says, listen, I'm here to help. How can I help you? I will help serve in this moment. So not waiting for someone else to do it. When we see a need, 
God wants us to jump in and meet a need. Now, today we're wrapping up this series by exploring our fifth purpose. And this fifth purpose can be found in the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples right before leaving planet Earth. And so it's words that he gave to his disciples then in that day and words that he continues to give to us today. So Matthew 28 records these last words of Jesus. He had risen from the grave. He had revealed himself to over 500 people And then he gathered his disciples together and said, listen, I've got one more thing I want you to know. There's one more thing I want you to do before I leave. So this is one of the most important things that you can be doing with your time. In verse 18, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of that, therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this passage right here is known as the Great Commission. You could call it God's great mission for us, the thing that God wants us to do with our time on planet Earth. So if you are a Christ follower, if you say, listen, I'm a part of God's family, then you're a part of this great mission. No one is exempt from this. This isn't one of those, hey, let's reserve that just for religious leaders. This is something that God says, listen, if you're one of my followers, I want everyone to do this. I want everyone to go into all the world and help make other disciples. Now, another way to say that is to say that God wants us to invite everyone to be a part of his family. Uh, We've read Ephesians chapter one several times throughout this series. In verse four, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So this is something that God has for everybody. He wants everybody to be a part of his family. And when you think back through the five purposes that God has for us, you think how, about how they can build on each other and how they do build on each other. So in the first purpose, God says, just let me love you. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to receive something from me. And then the second thing he says, now I want you to let me to adopt you into my family. I want you to be a part of my family. So will you let me adopt you? So those are two things that God does for us. And then the next three things we do as a response to what God has done for us. So in our third purpose, we learn that we've got to live like Jesus. Then our fourth purpose, we learn to serve the way that Jesus serves. And then our fifth purpose comes along and God says, listen, now it's time. I want you to go out into all the world, go into your neighborhood, go into your state, go into your country, go into other countries. And I want you to tell everybody about me. I want you to invite as many people as possible that can be, that will say they will come and be a part of my family. Just go tell anybody so that everybody has an opportunity to be a part of my family. And if you think about the main message of the Bible, that's it. That's the main message of the Bible, that God wants everyone to be a part of his family. 
And God wants us as his followers to go and tell everyone how they can be a part of his family that will last forever. That's been God's plan since before the world began to build a family. And it's still his plan today. His plan has not changed. And the amazing thing is, I don't know if this ever amazes you, but sometimes it amazes me that God would want to use me in his plan. I don't know if that ever amazes you, but, but God wants to use you. So when Jesus said to his disciples, he didn't say, listen, I'll take care of it. You guys just go relax on the beach. I'll, I'll go bring everybody else back into my family. He said, no, like I'm headed back to heaven. So your assignment is to go into all the world. I'll be with you, but I want you to go into all the world and tell people how they can be a part of my family. Now, there's much confusion in our world on how people become a part of God's family. There are some people that say, you know what, just if you're alive, you know, we're all God's children. If you're alive, then you're going to get into God's family. There are other people who say, you know what, belief in God is good enough. Or um, if you're, you're a good enough person, then you can get into God's family. But, but none of those things are true. Those things can't get you into God's family. The Bible teaches that everyone was created by God and for God, but not everyone is a child of God. Not everyone is a part of God's family. You have to choose that. That's a decision that we make. And you can say, no, I don't want that. And if you say, no, I don't want that, you're not a part of God's family. If you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not a part of God's family. But if at some point you say, listen, I do want that. I believe Jesus died so I can live then God will welcome you into his family. So we don't get into God's family just because we're alive. The Bible also teaches that we can't be good enough to get into God's family. I mean, imagine if we could. Imagine if it was possible for us to be good enough to get into God's family. Why would Jesus come and die a horrible death on a cross for you and I, if it was possible? He would have just said, hey, try harder. I mean, you can do it. Stop doing some of the things that you're doing. Do these other things. Follow my example. And then you can get there on your own. But we can't. The Bible says it's not possible for us to be good enough to get into God's family. That's why Jesus came and died for us. We couldn't do it. He did it for us. And then when it comes to belief in God, the Bible teaches that demons believe in God as well. And they're not a part of God's family. So it is possible to just say, well, I believe there's a God and not be part of God's family. God doesn't want that for, for anyone. He wants everyone to be a part of his family, and there's only one way into God's family, and that's through belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And then Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So we get into God's family only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now listen to how the Apostle Paul put that in Romans chapter 10. In verse 9, he said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And saved is that term that means you will be rescued from a terrible situation. And not being a part of God's family for all of eternity will be a terrible, terrible thing that God wants to rescue everyone from. Verse 10, it says, for 
It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then in verse 14, Paul turns and he starts talking to people who are inside God's family. So if you're inside God's family, Paul's about to ask you some questions about people outside God's family. He's asking this, but how can they call on him, meaning people outside of God's family, to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So if we who are inside God's family don't tell people who are outside God's family how to get into God's family, then they're going to miss out on this real place called heaven. They're going to miss out on the chance to spend eternity with God's family. Now, here's why this purpose is so incredibly important. If we, who are inside God's family, don't tell those who are outside how to get in, not only will they miss out on the splendor of heaven, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. So right now, there's a preparation process going on. God is still preparing heaven for us. And not only will they miss out on that, but they'll spend eternity in this real place called hell. Now, I know hell is not a real popular subject. Um, outside of a cuss word, you know, we, we don't like to, to talk about it a whole lot. But some people don't like it so much that they just d- dismiss it away that it doesn't exist. Other people say, well, you know what? That's a concept made up by religious leaders to keep people in line. And some people say, you know, hell's just for really bad people. You know, maybe a terrorist or a child abuser or a murderer, you know, maybe someone like that would go to hell, but certainly not people that are, you know, pretty good. And too many people think hell is Satan's kingdom, that that's where he lives and rules and reigns, but none of those are true. You see, God created hell for the angels who rebelled against him. So just, just get this. Uh, and, and try to understand what happened with this whole idea of hell. So you've got the angels. They were there. God's first creation, Job teaches that. They were there as God's first creation, watching him create everything. So they're watching, you know, galaxies burst into, onto the scene. They're watching the earth be formed. They're watching everything come out of God's mouth. When he spoke, it happened, and they're watching. And some of the angels are going, high five. Did you see that? That was awesome. That is amazing. And other angels, starting with Lucifer, said, I want that. I want that power. I want what he has. I'm jealous of that. And so Lucifer convinced a third of the angels to turn against God in rebellion. And so a third of the angels said, I want your power, God, and I'm going to fight against you to get it. And God said, listen, we're not going to have that. It's not how I created you. I created you to to serve in the capacity that I made you. And so God created this place called hell for angels who were there watching and turned against God and his incredible love. So hell wasn't created for people, but people can choose to go there. 
We can use our free will and say, God, no thanks. I don't want to be a part of your family. I don't want to live with you forever. And God will honor that. God will say if that's your choice. You can make that choice. I'm not going to force you to be a part of my family. Revelation chapter 20 talks about a book that God has. And it's called the book of life. In it are the names of all of God's family members. So if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? Your name was written down in the book of life. Revelation 20, verse 15 says, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is another name for hell. So I I want you to to just imagine something with me for a moment, okay? So I want you to think of someone that you know who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. They're not a part of God's family, okay? So maybe a family member of yours, maybe a friend, maybe a coworker, maybe a boss, just somebody that you know, maybe someone close to you that you know does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to imagine for a moment what one future day might be like for them, okay? The Bible says that one day we'll all stand before God and give an account for our lives. So each of us will stand before a holy God, look into his holy eyes, and talk about our lives, talk about how we lived, talk about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that we'll be asked two questions when we stand before God. The first is, what did you do with my son, Jesus? The second is, what did you do with what I gave you? The time, the talents, the resources that I gave you. And I don't think we get question number two. If our answer to question number one has anything to do other than I I put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you don't get question number two. So imagine that person in your mind, that friend, that, that family member, whoever. Imagine them one day standing before a holy God and that God saying to them, so let me ask, what did you do with my son Jesus? And imagine their answer. Imagine what they'll have to say to God. I I thought I could get there on my own. I thought I could be good enough. I I thought I was a good enough person. I believed in a God. I, I just didn't put my faith in Jesus. So imagine them realizing that their answer means that they have chosen an eternity apart from God. You know, I have a hard time imagining that. I think God has a hard time imagining that. Something that God does not want to happen to anyone, and that's why he paid the ultimate price, the ultimate price to make it possible for everyone to be a part of his family, and this just blows my mind. God said, listen, my, my most prized relationship, my son, Jesus Christ, is gonna, he's gonna die. I'm gonna let him die so you can live. Listen, I have four kids And I love all of you, but I'm not letting any of my kids die for you. But God did. God said, listen, I'm going to let my my most prized relationship. And Jesus said, guess what? I volunteer. I'm going. I'm going to die so they can live. They're so valuable. They're so valuable. So, So God wants all of us to put our faith and trust in Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.4 says that God wants everyone to be saved. And to understand the truth, 
Then 2 Peter 3.15 says, the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. So God is patiently waiting. I don't know if, if, if you're like me or not, but there are moments I'm like watching news going, God, when are you coming back? Like, you know, any day would be great. And God says, listen, I'm being patient. Patient. Why? Because that means more and more people will put their faith in me. More and more people will be part of my family. And I want as many people as possible to have the chance to make that choice. That's why this fifth purpose is so important. That's why when Jesus left, he said, listen, I'm leaving. I'm going to be with you. But I want you to go. I'm going to go into all the world and tell people about me. But again, Paul asked in Romans 10, he said, how can people call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So how are your friends gonna hear about Jesus unless you talk to them? How are your coworkers gonna hear unless you tell them how they can be a part of God's family? How are other students at school going to hear about Jesus unless you open your mouth and you talk about him? How are people in other countries going to be a part of God's family unless someone leaves our country and goes to their country to tell them, say, hey, hey, it's possible to be in a right relationship with God. It's possible to be in God's family. Let me tell you how. It's through Jesus Christ. So if we don't go, it's not going to happen. And again, those people who don't respond, who don't put their faith and trust in Jesus, will spend an eternity apart from God. Again, that's why going is so incredibly important to God. Now, let me just say this. I'm not talking about hell today to make anyone fearful. I don't want to make anyone fearful about their future. If you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I have a responsibility to tell you I mean, it's, it's like you're driving down the interstate and there's a bridge out and, and it's as if I know the bridge is out and yet you fly past me and I don't stand in front of you to say the bridge is out. If the, what the Bible teaches is true and we believe it is, that one day we'll either stand before God and he'll say, welcome home, welcome home. So glad you're part of the family because you put your faith and trust in Jesus or he'll say, like, I never knew you and we'll be sentenced to an eternity apart from God. So there is a bridge out ahead, and Jesus is the bridge. So I have a responsibility to tell you. So if you're uncertain about that this morning, I hope this morning that you will settle that, that you'll settle it. And the way you settle it is through belief in Jesus Christ. It's a conversation you have with the creator of the universe, just like a conversation you would have with with a best friend. And you say, I believe that Jesus died for me. I mean, you can do that right now in your chair. You can do that after the service come up. I'll pray with you. You can do it this afternoon when you're at home. It doesn't matter. You can do that wherever you want. It's just you having a conversation with the creator of the universe. I want to be a part of your family. I'm also not trying to guilt people into sharing their faith. You know, in church world, there's a whole lot of guilt-driven stuff. And I don't think we should be guilt-driven. I, sh- I think we should be purpose-driven. And when, when it comes to, hey, There are people going to spend eternity in hell, and if I can stand in their way and make sure that they have a chance to not choose that, I'm going to do everything I can to do that. So I'm just trying to motivate us to to be passionate about the people that are around us who don't know Jesus. We have a responsibility to tell them, and if we don't tell them, who will? 
We can't wait for somebody else. They may never come across another Christian who will have the courage to tell them about Jesus. So we have a a responsibility to do that. Now, we are going to shift gears here for just a moment. And I'm going to interview a couple. I'm going to introduce you to a couple that's taking this fifth purpose very seriously. And I'm excited about what they're doing. And and it's so applicable to to what we're talking about today. So I'm going to invite Tim and Gina to come up on the stage. And if you would, welcome them up on the stage with me. All right, so epic. This is Tim and Gina Matthews. And Tim and Gina, this is our epic family. So um, over the past few years, you guys have, have been really sensing God leading you into a whole new direction. So I just want you to, to tell us as a family, like, what is God asking you guys to do? Well, first of all, we're just so excited to be here. Um, in 2010, you can see from the picture on the screen, I sent Tim on a mission trip to Guatemala. Did. I Tim went to Guatemala with I us. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else is out there getting ready to do that, but it changed our lives. It completely changed everything that we thought about. And Tim came back on fire for missions. He, um, he couldn't talk about, he, he talked so much about how it changed him. And of course, we go there thinking we're going to change or help the people there in Guatemala, but he came back so changed and so excited. So we did something a little bit crazy. We gave away everything that we owned. We bought a sailboat, but we had never sailed before. That's a little crazy. Never sailed before. And by a series of miracles, we end up in the Bahamas. Again, we have never sailed before. And we end up all the way over in the Bahamas. And it was just so amazing to see what God did while we were there. Um, Tim had, you know, he just has such a love for children and for orphans. um, And God knew that. And while we were there, he was able to help build an orphanage on Andros Island. And um, it was just just so amazing. And then, um, and and I had found a, a passion I didn't even knew I had. I got to teach at the local school on this little two and a half mile island that we lived on. And um, there was 21 students in the whole entire school. It was just a one room school room and it was broken up into three little curtains. So I had seven students. So I got to be a teacher. And we always say that God qualifies the unqualified because I had never been a teacher before. So that was really exciting for us. But we sailed back uh, last summer with one, one constant prayer is that we would go anywhere God wanted us to go just to make it clear to us. And by another set of miracles, uh, it's, just, it's just so hard for us to even believe that this is what we get to do. But um, he led us to become full-time missionaries now. And uh, we, got, we sailed back to Palm Coast last November. We put our boat up for sale and it sold in one hour. So, I mean, for us, that was just confirmation that that's what God wanted us to do. And then we put our house up for sale, and it sold. So now we're happy and homeless, <laughs> <laughs> serving God full-time as missionaries, and we're just waiting now to, um, to get ready to leave for the, to the field. Okay, so where are you going? Well, what's next? Well, it's really great because uh, God made it so clear that what, our, what the need was to this island called Papua New Guinea. We didn't even know where it was at. 
We never heard of it before, and it's right above Australia. And what's so neat about uh, Papua New Guinea, it has 800 different languages. 300 of them have no translation of scripture at all. And the island that we're going to go to is called New Britain Island, and the exact port is called Rabal. And for you history buffs, that's where Admiral Yamamoto planned the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it's kind of a neat thing to be able to get to go and see all those things there too, on top of what we get to do for God, but it's also going to be fun. So what will you specifically be doing in Papua New Guinea? I will be, it's funny, God uses skills and talents, as uh, Pastor Trent talked about earlier. I was a fish and wildlife officer here in Flagler County, also on the Flagler County Sheriff's Department. But uh, God's going to use the skills that he gave me to operate a boat to transport Bible translation teams to different islands that cannot be reached by airplane. And we're going to provide safety that's not there now because what they're doing is they're having to travel across open ocean in like dugout canoes and things like that. And uh, it's just amazing that God would open up that opportunity for me. And that's how he spoke to me clearly when I saw the job description there and what was needed. And we're just compelled to go. So you've got... 25, 26 years experience in law enforcement, and then around 15 years out on a boat. Um, so if you're any fisherman, you may recognize him if, you know, if he pulled you over uh, for your license. So with that experience, you're going to go to Papua New Guinea and basically do something very similar. So operate a boat, transport goods, transport translators that can go into remote parts of the jungle so they can translate the Bible into native languages. Isn't that cool? Uh, You know, I'll be 55 in July. And what a way God's able to use just regular folks. You know, and I think of my skills as just regular skills, to be honest with you, because I did it for so long. But he's going to use those exact skill sets to send me to Papua New Guinea. And I had you know, been injured in an accident on a boat years ago, and I was told I would never work again. I was told I would never work in law enforcement. But yet God healed me up, finished out my career, lived on a sailboat, and then got to go serve God in Papua New Guinea operating a boat. I mean, if that's not awesome, if that's not something that encourages you to go do something, nothing else will. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, you are retired, and so there's probably a few people here wondering, why are you doing this? Why not go fishing, you know, at the beach every day and, you know, die of a sunburn or something, you know? Like, like, why move to Papua New Guinea to do this? Well, it's funny. Um, uh, the, the thing I hope that God will open up for me to do in Papua New Guinea is to teach school because that's my passion. But when we first found out about, um, about Wycliffe and, and what they do there, we had no idea. Maybe, maybe I'm the only person that didn't know this. Maybe, maybe this will be new to you as well. But at 49, I thought everybody in the whole world had a Bible. I didn't realize that that wasn't true. We didn't, we didn't know that there are 1,900 language groups around the world that have not one single verse of scripture. And this is what their Bible looks like. It's completely blank. That's 180 million people without the Bible. So for us, that just wasn't acceptable. And we said, what better way to serve God than to bring the Bible to the people that don't have the Bible? Because we know with the Bible, 
It transforms lives. It changes people. It changed our lives. And, and, and without the Bible, like Trent said, if they, don't, if they don't hear the word, if they don't know about Jesus, how will they get to spend eternity with him? So for us, that's why we're going. That's great. That's great. Tim, why are you doing this? Why, you, know, you hear the sermon and his message, what Jesus has done for me personally. Uh, I didn't get saved till late in life in 1997, 38 years old. And the things that he has done for me personally, I'm compelled to go the, to love the lost. And I'm going to tell you, as a policeman, <laughs> it's hard sometimes to love the lost. <laughs> you know, because you see all kinds of things that uh, kind of can harden your heart. But you know what? I spent 27 years responding to 911 calls to rescue people. But you only rescue people for temporary things, you know, and then going to give them God's word is going to rescue them for eternity. And that is the most important thing that I could spend the rest of my life, my last breath, if possible, doing is rescuing, helping rescue people for eternity. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you'll be missionaries with Wycliffe um, and helping to translate languages uh, into the Bible. Um, and using the skills that God has prepared you with right now so that you can go and do that. So as you go, what other needs do you have? For us, um, we realize that we can't go alone, and we haven't been alone. This past four years, a lot of the people, some of the people right here in this room have prayed for us, prayed us all the way through, because really what we did was pretty crazy, um, to, to sail a boat and to serve God and, and to, to really be at the mercy of, of God at all times. Um, we really had to put our trust in him. And, and through the prayers of the people, um, they've carried us. They brought us to where we are now. And we know that we can't go to Papua New Guinea without people praying for us. And God's put it on our heart to have at least 400 prayer partners and somebody asked me recently, why do you need 400? You only need 365. That way somebody's praying every day. And I said, I don't know, but you know, this is a number that God laid on our heart. So we're hoping um, that later on after the service that you'll come up and you'll sign up to be a prayer partner with us and go with us to Papua New Guinea because we can't go alone. We need you. Another thing to think about, everybody here is God's given skills and talents. Everyone here. And in mission work, you have to understand there's like translators, okay? But there's a whole bunch of people that support translation work. You could be a car mechanic here, uh, an IT person, a journalist, photographer, uh, just a car, any, any type of skill set that you have, God's willing to use that skill set if you're willing to go anywhere and help people. And it's amazing, we never knew that. We just thought, oh, only preachers went, or, or that type of person went. But we found out that, they could use, that God could use our particular skill set. That's just amazing to me. It's like, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm glad that there are people like you going, because you don't want this pastor on a boat, operating a boat. Like, it would not be pretty. We would be in trouble. You'd be coming to rescue me. So um, I am so excited to know that God is still asking people to do radical things with their lives. And people are still responding and saying, I, I'll do that. 
I'll go to Papua New Guinea. I'll, I'll give up the life that I've known here in the States. I could retire and, and live on a beach. I'll give that up. And I'll go move around the world just so more people can come to know Jesus. Now, God has called all of us to be full-time missionaries. God's called some of us to go to Papua New Guinea. And you know, anytime something like this happens, I know that God might be stirring in someone's heart. Anytime we go on a, a mission trip, um, so if you're going to Guatemala with us, you know, just be prepared. You might end up in Papua New Guinea five years later. I'm not sure. But you know, every, every time somebody comes home, there's a stirring in their hearts. God, what do you want for me? What do you want me to do? And so we've got several team members from our Guatemala teams that are wrestling with, what, God, what's next? What else do you want me to do? But God has not called all of us to leave the States and to move around the world. But God has called all of us to be a missionary right here. And guess what? Your mission field's right out there. You walk out that door. You walk into your mission field, into the opportunity for you to talk to people at work, in your neighborhood, at your school, at Walmart. And everybody at Walmart needs Jesus. We know that, right? We know that. So when you go to Walmart this afternoon, tell everybody about Jesus. So there's tons of opportunities in our community. My question for you is this as we close. Who are you going to share your faith with? Who are you going to tell about Jesus this week? Who's going to be in heaven because of you? Who will be there one day and say, thanks, because you told me about Jesus. I put my faith in him. And now I get to spend forever in this real place called heaven. So who will be there because of you? We have a responsibility to talk to people, to share our faith, to look for every opportunity we can to help someone get into God's family. Now, what we're going to do at the end here is I'm going to pray for Tim and Gina, and I ask you to be praying with me for them as they go on this new adventure. There's still some, some training ahead of them, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, by January they'll be uh, in, in closer to infield location and, and being ready to, to go and serve. And then they're going to pray for us which is a great thing that I think that we're going to be very privileged with. But then after the service, uh, Tim's going to come up and do some announcements real quick, but I encourage you to stop by their table, sign up to be a prayer partner for them. You can pick up a prayer card, uh, ask them some questions, find out more about their story and what God is doing in their lives. So would you guys come up here and let me uh, put my hands on you and pray for you. So God, I thank you for Tim and Gina. Lord, I'm so grateful to know that there are people just crazy enough to sell their stuff, to buy a boat, go on an adventure, not even know how to sail and, and find you leading in the journey and you leading them to Papua New Guinea. So Lord, I'm so grateful that they've responded to you in that call to go into all the world. So this is a direct answer to Jesus, your command in Matthew 28, where you told us to go into all the world and make disciples, invite people into my family. So Lord, I pray for them as they go. I pray that you would raise the necessary support that they need. Lord, they need financial support. They need prayer support. Lord, there's some training yet to do. So I pray that you would help them through all of that. And Lord, I pray that you would get them there safely. And Lord, I pray that they would be able to be a light in that part of the world so that people can come to know you in a very profound way. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.
Amen. And then they're going to pray for us as a church family. So this is their prayer to us. Let's receive this from them. Father, we just thank you for today, God. Thank you for your glory, for your love for us, God. I thank you so much for Epic Church, God. And I just pray in their future in this community that they show God's love like a mighty flowing river coming from this church to the whole community, God, that the light of the gospel shines brightly from them and that they take advantage of every opportunity possible to tell people about you. God, thank you so much for us being a part of Epic. Thank you for what they do. Thank you for all those that are here. God, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you help me thank them for being up here today? Thank you. If you're following along with us in the Purpose Driven Life book, this week you're going to read some information about how to share your faith with others. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. You just have to tell somebody about what God is doing and has done for you. So this week I encourage you to get in conversation with somebody. Look for an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. Maybe invite them to church. Ask them if you can pray for them. Just take a step in the direction to live out this fifth purpose that God has for us. So good morning, everyone. I am Chris. I'm not Tim, as Trent said earlier. You might notice by the, the look, Tim's, uh, you know, got a little more facial hair and probably a little something up here. But anyway, I'm Chris. I got just a few announcements for you. Surge is our middle school and high school ministry led by Cody Anderson, his team of awesome people. And this summer, they are heading over to Panama City. God help them, please. My oldest son is going, so let's pray for their safety. So, They're heading to Panama City to a camp called Big Stuff. They're going to be gone for several days and several nights. A bunch of churches are going there. It's just a really awesome, awesome thing that they're doing. And they're trying to raise a little bit of money to offset the cost for this. So this Saturday, six days from now, the next Saturday on the calendar, right out front of this parking lot, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., they're going to be having a car wash. So bring your car, your motorcycle, heck, bring your RV, your boat. It's the kids doing the work after all. Get it washed. If they did a good enough job, maybe drop a donation in the bucket and help offset some of the costs for them. So it's this Saturday coming up, 11 to 2. Come on by. The second thing that the Surge Ministry is going to be doing this summer is they're getting their float prepared for the 4th of July parade in Flagler Beach. Now, last year, they had a great, great float. It was really successful. And if you've ever been to Flagler Beach, you know what makes a successful float. Who throws out the most candy, right? That's what makes the most successful float. Now, not chocolate, because chocolate, when you throw it and it's really hot in July, it hits the ground and splat sometimes, so we don't want to do that. But over the next several weeks, if you're at the grocery store, you're out and about, and you see a bag of hard candy, think about Surge, pick it up, drop it off at the Connection Center on Sunday morning. We'll be doing that for the next several weeks, and this way we can help be a part of making a really successful float for our Surge ministry. Now, our other children's ministry, which would be infants up to sixth grade, we've had a few changes. I just want to go over a couple things with you. As you know, if you've got kids there, the first through sixth grade ministry is meeting in a different building now. They're through that straight walkway going over there as a sign-up, but our infant through kindergarten is still right here with us. There are two separate sign-in tables. You can sign in all your children at one table. Even if some are here and some are in the other building, you sign them in all at one table. But pickup is different. Pickup, you have to pick them up where they're at. So kindergarten uh, to infants in this building and first through sixth in the other building. The only real change that I ask from you is a lot of times we used to pick up our kids, we'd go around this curtain through these double doors. Well, once you go through those double doors, we actually have kids meeting right there. It's like a little bit of a classroom setting. So I'm going to ask you to honor the curtains over there. Don't go through them. They're there for a reason. Everybody go out this way. And if you've got infant through uh, kindergarten, hang a left. First through sixth, keep going straight down. If you look on your seats, you'll see our announcement sheet. 
Now, it's a great resource that we have here at Epic that outlines all the things that are going on, things that are coming up. I'm not gonna be able to touch on everything today, so bring it home, look it over, hang it up on the refrigerator. It's just a great resource to have. Now, next week, we're gonna be starting a new series called God Is, and we're gonna be exploring the nature of our God. So I hope you come back and join us as we go through that a little bit. Now, if you call Epic home and you want to give back to what we're doing here, you support all the things that are going on here at Epic, there's two ways you can do that. You can go to our website, www.theepicchurch.com. You can click on the giving tab. Or at the end of the seating sections, we've got giving boxes placed on tables over there. Now, if you're new with us, feel free, uh, please, no obligation to give. Um, this is a service be our gift to you. Um, we also want you to stop by to our Connection Center. We can meet you personally, offer you some information about our church, who we are, and what we're all about over here. Now, on the way out, don't forget to stop by Tim and Gina's table. It's right in the back over here. Pick up some prayer cards. Uh, this way you remember to pray for them as they're out and about in Papua New Guinea. I'll be praying for you guys. I already signed up, so please stop by and, and sign up on their prayer list as well. So, as we get up to leave, say hi to somebody you don't know, don't know well. We are family here. We're supposed to get to know each other. So go ahead and do that. And you are dismissed. Thank you very much. Have a great Sunday, everybody.